It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're joined again, as long as the Bengals win in the playoffs, we're joined by old friend Joe Goodberry today, naming himself No Punts, preparing for this matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. Joe, welcome back to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. How, how are we doing? We we're doing good. Yeah, I mean, the Bengals won again, and they won their first road game ever. That's all fun. I, I woke up a little pit in my stomach after last night's uh, game as we're recording this, the, the Chiefs-Bills game. You know, I felt bad for my family and friends, and just the way that ended kind of reminded me of the two, 2015 loss, a collapse of that magnitude, 13 seconds to go. But, yeah, once I reset and realized the Bengals-Chiefs, I feel, feel pretty good or as good as you can. And for those yeah. who don't know – Joe from Buffalo. Some people may not know Joe. I know we have a lot of new listeners. Joe lives in Buffalo. His his brother, Bill, season ticket holder, used to be a co-host of the Lockdown Bengals podcast with us. If you don't know Joe and you're a Bengals fan, though, you're missing out. So he's got his Twitter handle there. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're not at Joe Goodberry on Twitter, make sure you give him a follow. But James, the Bengals playing the Chiefs. This is, of course, a rematch, a team with which, with whom I guess the Bengals are a little bit more familiar. And here, here were my high-level thoughts when I was thinking about these matchups. I was thinking Buffalo's offense right now and Josh Allen, incredibly hot. A lot of variance there, but as hot as can be right now. And that kept going against the Chiefs. And the Chiefs' offense is what it is. It's going to score 35 points or more, most likely against most teams. And, well, it's it's just going to be very difficult against either offense, I thought. I think that the Bills have a really, really good defense with or without uh, Trey. What's his name, Joe? Why am I forgetting his name? Trey White. Thank you. Uh, still a really good defense that, to me, can do more that bothers Joe Burrow in this offense than Kansas City can. These were my thoughts. I like the defensive matchup a little bit better with the Chiefs. To me, flip a coin with these offenses. That's what I was thinking. James, what were you thinking? Then we'll get Joe's thoughts. Well, yeah, it's it's simple, right? Honestly, as complex as it, as it feels and as hard as it's going to be to beat Kansas City, the Bills' defense is better. And we just watched Joe Burrow get battered and crushed. And so do I think he's going to get hit against Kansas City? Yeah, we saw that in Week 17 but he's going to get hit against anybody. And you know what I don't want? I don't want to confuse Joe Burrow or a, a Joe Burrow that's not trusting his eyes because of all the disguises and things that Mike Rabel did last week, this week. And I think Sean McDermott probably more capable of doing that. So you're playing with fire with either one. It's going to be really, really tough at this level, uh, but I probably lean Chiefs. That being said, buckle up because Joe put no punts in, in his uh, YouTube name for a reason. I talked about 30 
all season long. That was my magic number. 30 points. Zach, as in Zach Taylor, Brian, as in Brian Callahan, it's 40 this week. And, and, then you, and, and if you don't get to 40, you're probably going to lose the game. And, and that's what we saw in uh, at Arrowhead this past week. I think we've been talking about 30 points for like three years, though, James, when we text each other about every, after sure. every game and things like that. But you're right. Um, and the matchup when I was looking, I was a little more torn. I wasn't completely on the Chiefs. I think partly because it's not always better. I think the part of the feeling was we knew the Bengals put up points on the Chiefs, right? So we felt good about it. We saw it three weeks ago that you can do it. It can be done. Uh, whereas the Bills, I, I felt like, wouldn't give you those deep shots, and that scared me because I think this Bengals offense, when they can't get vertical, that's really been their their knockout blow this year, right? So it's it's been the thing they they when they need a play, bang deep to Jamar Chase or T Higgins, and they're back in this game, or or they really land that knockout blow that gives them the lead. Uh, and the Bills wouldn't give that. The Chiefs will. So like I want that version of the Bengals offense. The Titans wouldn't let the Bengals do it. They wouldn't let Burrow throw it deep. They said we're not going to let that happen. And we're gonna let we're gonna let our front force twist and stunt and try and cause havoc for this offensive line, and it did. And we talked about that last week about how the Titans, uh, those, those those twists and all that and those stunts, it doesn't just confuse the offensive line; it messes up a quarterback that likes to extend plays too. And I think that happened more than a few times. So uh, I look at this this Chiefs matchup as, and Brian Callahan said it today. Now that we now that I'm thinking about it. He likes Joe when he plays him the second time. It's something we've talked about for a while. Uh, common and uncommon opponents. Well, you feel good about Joe Burrow and the Chiefs getting that same look, getting the same looks again, because they're going to do what they do. Uh, some defense coordinators are going to mix it up and do whatever they have to, right? Bill Belichick and, and the Patriots, they'll do whatever they have to that week. There are a lot of coordinators that are, this is what we do. We perf- we perfected it the best we can, and we're going to do it no matter who the opponent is. I feel like the Chiefs are like that. Yeah, I think that, that's probably true. It's going to be a different game, though. I mean, recall, the Chiefs were up 28-17 at halftime in that game. They could have had more if Von Bell doesn't punch the ball out of Tyreek Hill's hands and when they end up mano a mano way downfield right before halftime. So it could have been, it could have been 35-17 at halftime if the Bengals don't get a good, a good play from Von Bell there. And you really banking on holding the Chiefs to three in the second half again? Probably not a recipe for success on a repeated basis against this team. So it's going to be a different game. But what needs to be the same is probably Joe Burrow performing at that level and getting something out of Jamar Chase. Maybe it's not 266 yards and three touchdowns, but it seems like the, the Chiefs are ready to give up 203 touchdowns to somebody if it's Gabriel Davis or if it's Jamar Chase or if it's T Higgins there are there are some differences on the Chiefs offense too I think Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey will both be a little bit healthier I think they were both still dealing with some stuff COVID for example against the Bengals and different running backs but besides that there are some things that are going to be similar in this game and the other big thing that the Bengals will need to learn from from the Tennessee game is dealing with crowd noise. Zach Taylor's talked about it. Brian Callahan said it. They're going to pump in the noise and practices this week to try to get a little bit used to it, but you're going to need to come out. And like you guys said, I think, I think, you know, if we're looking at it right now, I'm thinking 40 is the number the way the chiefs are going right now. Yeah, I, it, it has to be 40 and the communication part, and we'll get into the offensive line next. Probably. I think that's a good, uh, 
place to go and, and how this Chiefs defensive line is different than the Titans. But the communication stuff, they can actually fix. And, and for all of those talking, and I get it, you know, you want to insert Jackson Carmen or you want to do this or that, that might not be good for the communication part of it as much as anything. And so hopefully there aren't any communication issues this week. And I, I get it. Arrowhead's going to be more hostile probably th than uh, Nissan Stadium was in Nashville. But that was a loud-ass stadium. And, uh, you know, the fact that they were able to experience that and sneak out with the win, I, I do think it bodes well for them this week because they've dealt with it. And that atmosphere was different. I'm trying to think. I've been to most – I've only missed a few games this year. I think it was different than any atmosphere they've had to deal with on the road, and they've been a good road team. So I, I think they can learn from it. It sounded yeah. different. One big difference, too, before we go on too far, I don't want to forget. Remember, Joe Tooney had to play left tackle in that game. Trent Brown wasn't able to go. And then I want to say Wiley was out real quick um, at right tackle. The both their tackles were down, but also for the Bengals, Quentin Spain went down in that game. Uh, and remember, Jackson Carmen uh, had a tough time versus Chris Jones. So big differences again there on the O-line for both teams. Orlando Brown, uh, not, not Trent Brown, different Brown. Both tackles, yes. both very large men. Uh, so you're right. There, there will be differences, differences on both sides. And Chris Jones is going to be a big factor because we just saw what Jeffrey Simmons could do as a centerpiece of a defensive line. I think that you're right, James. A big question is how will the offensive line re recover or not after what, you know, lo looks really bad. Nine sacks looks really bad. Not all of those on the offensive line by any stretch, but Hakeem Energy did not have a good game. And Jonah Williams did not have a good game. There were various other issues for, you know, little, a little bit smaller issues for the rest of the guys in the offensive line, but it'll need to be better. You can't give up nine sacks and Joe Burrow will have to be better. I think that's a big thing as well, because Joe, you talk about the stunts impacting where a quarterback can move. Joe's eyes had some issues. And, and James, I think you talked about that. He's got to be able to trust his eyes this week against Kansas City. So we'll talk about the offensive line and the defensive line matchup a little bit coming up next. You probably do trust Joe Burrow this week against Kansas City if you're listening or watching this podcast. And if you do and you think they're going to shock the football world and advance the Super Bowl 56, well, you get got to get to betonline.ag right now because the Bengals, they're underdogs. Last I checked, they're seven-point underdogs on betonline.ag. It, it's probably going to vary to seven and a half or six and a half or – you know what I like? I like both underdogs this week. Maybe you tease that lineup even more and you take both road dogs. The 49ers are 2-0 against the Rams this week. The Bengals are 1-0 against the Chiefs, and you're getting points. You could tease it up, get more points, and win at betonline.ag. Or maybe you think I'm crazy and you're going to go the other way. Regardless, go there right now. You can make your wager, and when you go to sign up, make sure you use promo code Locked On, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. It's free money. You can use it on Super Bowl 56. You can use it this weekend. You could use it on all the amazing prop bets that are going to happen on the Super Bowl. Might as well get there now. Again, betonline.ag, promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline is where the game starts. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, guys, let's let's get into this trench matchup. I personally think that the game against Tennessee went worse. We talked about this, James, went worse than I imagined it would in terms of protection, but also it looked a lot worse than it had to because almost every pressure turned into a sack. The pressure to sack rate, some, somewhere around 40%. In terms of like how many snaps were pressured, actually a pretty average game. It just looks a lot worse when you take nine sacks. And some of that, like I said, is on Joe Burrow. At at times, there are opportunities to throw the ball away. At times, there were opportunities to throw the ball to a player. In some of those cases, Burrow didn't have time to get there. It was the offensive line's issue. In other cases, it was Burrow dropped his eyes. Burrow didn't process correctly. And not, not an issue that I think is something that I'm worried about repeating especially against the Spagnuolo defense that Burrow's seen recently. Like, Steve Spagnuolo can't make that many changes to his defense in, in just a few days. And there's a big question mark for Kansas City and Tyron Matthew that I think is a potential big factor this weekend. You know, I think the crowd noise is something that we shouldn't um, downplay because the silent count for me when I watch it, and, and now everyone does it. Remember for a while, people used to ask, uh, especially you and I, uh, Jake, and maybe even you remember this, when the, the Bengals used to have Nate Livings tap the, the center. People were like, what are they doing? Why are they doing that? Now everybody does that, right? And it's such an advantage for the defensive line to get off at the right at the right time. You see that one count and you're going. Uh, that was the difference, I think, in a lot of these throws not being able to get off. Burrow's thrown with pressure all year, and he's taken sacks at a high rate relative to the league, uh, but he's coming back from a knee, and I feel like he got better at it as the season went on, obviously. But watching that game kind of reminded me of the beginning of the year when he just couldn't get away from it or when he dropped his eyes just a little too quickly. Or there was a few, man. The one where he loses 16 yards where he tries to make the, the free edge rusher miss, he's got two guys that are streaking downfield, and I think he's thinking, if I can make this guy miss, we've got a touchdown, and this game's over now. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got to play hero ball. And Brian Callahan said this too. We're not going to take that away from Burrow because it makes him special right now. And I agree. And you, we just watched the Bills Chiefs do that and play hero ball all night with their quarterbacks. And it's the reason they were able to keep up with each other and why it was such an epic matchup. The Bengals need Burrow to do that. Now, you want it to come out with better results, right? You want him to break that guy's tackle, and he's done that. Make the guy miss, launch it up, and, and, and the play happens. Uh, you want Jamar Chase to get off that jam with, with Janoris Jenkins. You want him to see T. T Higgins coming across over the middle and anticipate it and hit it while he's getting hit. He's done all these things this year. I just think that little bit of difference in time could be another factor that we're looking at in KC. It's going to be the same thing. You're playing away, and maybe that's something they adjust to as a young team. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to because I don't see a path as good as this defense has been where they're going to be able to, like Jake said, three points in the second half. That's not going to happen. And even if you do play great, uh, you know, on defense, you're still probably giving up 30 plus. So this offense, they can't get off to a slow start. They're going to have to score a ton. And the other thing they're going to have to do in the red zone 
is actually score touchdowns, which is something they haven't done over the past couple of weeks. Do you anticipate the the Chiefs at all, Joe, to do all the you know twists and stunt and do all of these things? Because let's be honest here, if Rabel kind of changed what he did this week, and he he's done that all season based on what people that cover the Titans and have watched the Titans have said, but maybe Steve Spagnuolo considers it. Do you do you think so, or do you think it's going to be all right, Chris Jones, line up, beat your guy, Melvin Ingram, do the same? Because that's how they've been for most of the year, based on who I've I've talked to. Yeah, it's like Vrabel turned it from a 10 to an 11 in terms of how much he disguised things. He They they play everything, right? A lot like the Bengals' defense. They do a lot more stunts and, and slanting their D-line, but they turned it up on we're going to disguise almost every single play what we're doing, uh, which wasn't normal for them. So the Chiefs, I think if you looked at it, they're going to on the back half do, I think, what they do. But, yeah, I would, I'd be slanting and stunting these guys all around and twisting them up and doing whatever I can because – communication is a big issue for the Bengals O-line. And for whatever reason, you think after now, I mean, these guys have played now 18 games, 19, am I off? Wow, they have. So you should, a lot of these guys have now played half the season, even though they were backups uh, coming in. I think the communication issue should be ironed out a little bit more than they have. It's surprising to me at times when they're passing off to nobody or they're sliding away from guys. And it's just like, you know, I don't know what's going on there, but those can't continue. If you're, Talent is lacking, and it is. We know what the offensive line is, situation is. You better be perfect in communication, or at least as close as you possibly can be. And I think that's something that they really need to hammer home this week. Yeah, it can't have free rushers coming, and part of it is the crowd noise. You know, Joe, I've been talking this up too because you can tell, like Zach Taylor talked about in his post game, I'm getting plays in too late. I need to use better language when I'm getting the play into Joe. When Joe Burrow's getting to your huddle and you're setting your huddle with 20 seconds on the play clock, and you're still trying to make adjustments at the line of scrimmage, which Joe Burrow is going to try to do, you're, you're going to have to burn timeouts, and they did. You're going to have a delay of game penalty. You're going to get defensive line getting incredible jumps because we know they're watching that play clock, and it's just such an advantage. One thing Buffalo did that I don't recall the Bengals really doing is they gave a, a hard – silent count where they would give the signal with the guard and then the guard would check with the quarterback and then they give another signal. I don't recall the Bengals doing that against Tennessee. I don't know if they had time to, but it, it seems like a, a useful tool to, to add to the toolkit. You know, it's funny. I was, when you mentioned that they're getting to the line or even breaking the huddle with 20 seconds, I, I thought of the Cooper cup play in Tampa, right? If you guys watch that game, the, the Rams bucks, um, they had, Cooper Cup right down the middle. Somehow he's he's open again, right? But they snapped that ball with 20 seconds remaining. I mean, they got there and, and got in and out. Their pace is so high. It's one thing that really hasn't really carried over in this Bengals offense from, you know, Zach Taylor coming from Sean McVay. Especially this year. I think we have seen the the up-tempo stuff, and and this year I, we, we haven't at all. Maybe that some of that's a product of, of Burrow coming off the knee injury. But, yeah, getting out of the huddle quicker is going to matter. Now, how easy do you think it is for Kansas City? So, so every team stunts. You know, stunts, twists, whatever you want to call it on the defensive line. Everybody in the NFL does it to some degree. The Titans a little bit more exotic with it, a little bit more frequent with it. They run more simulated pressures where they're showing zero, dropping guys out, getting free rushers that way. Kansas City does some of this. Every team in the NFL generally does some of this. How easy do you think it is for a defensive coordinator in a playoff week 
to put in more post snap rotations with these creepers or or with these simulated pressures or with these twists and stunts like if, if it's something that they really want to ratchet up or install that they haven't done much of is that something you think they can do on a on a one week basis yeah i think it is I, because the if it probably depends on how versatile your defensive linemen are and that like the titans have that right they've got guys that play end and tackle they've got guys that have played outside linebacker and end while functionally very similar they are different in, in some roles uh Chiefs have that, and they've got a yeah. veterans like Melvin Ingram. they got uh, Chris Jones that has played end for them and D-tackle. It would be no problem. And Melvin Ingram used to kick inside for the Chargers and play defensive tackle and standing up and rush from there. So, yeah, you should be stunting those guys often, if I, in my opinion, with little end uh, tackle stunts. Uh, so, yeah, I think you got veterans like that that are versatile. You can add that uh, very well. But the, when I watch the Chiefs, they just rush their four. And, you know, a lot of times, especially against that, the Bills, I think we can look at this Bills game and say, okay, that's probably a blueprint for how they want to handle this because they played the Bills earlier in the year. Stephon Diggs had a big game. Uh, I didn't think they wanted that to happen again. They really put a safety on his side. Diggs ended up with seven yards receiving. Yeah, Gabe Davis goes nuts and go four touchdowns, maybe the best uh, postseason performance I've ever seen from a receiver. But uh, he had one-on-one -on -one coverage, and he was beating up on – I think the Chiefs' secondary is poor, especially without Tyron Matthew. And I like their safeties. I like Juan Thornhill, but – Daniel Sorensen is a target when he's out there, man. And, and these corners like to grab, and they're not very athletic. I mean, they're low pedigree, undrafted type guys. You want to attack them. So, uh, yeah, I think they already know what happened last time. If they just want to sit back and rush four, even when they brought the blitz, it, it burned them. So I think their answer this week will be let's do some of what the Titans did. We'll continue our conversation with Joe next. But first – I have to tell you about GetUpside, and GetUpside is the incredible app that I'm going to use as I trek from Cincinnati, Ohio to Kansas City, because let's be honest, I'm not waiting in an airport for eight or 10 hours. No, no, no. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to drive to Kansas City, and I'm going to save money while I do it with the GetUpside app. You can save up to 25 cents off per gallon of gas every time you fill up, and you can download the free app in the App Store or Google Play. And right now with promo code TOUCHDOWN, you're going to get a bonus $0.25 cents off per gallon on your first fill-up. It's free money. You can take that money and, well, you can buy some new Bengals gear. You can deposit it right into your bank account. You can deposit it to your PayPal account or get an Amazon gift card. So there's multiple ways to do it. But you have to download it. You have to start using it. Get Upside in the Get Upside app. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for a bonus $0.25 cents off per gallon. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So the Bengals are going to the AFC Championship game. Let that linger for a second. The Bengals are yeah. going to the Ooh. AFC Championship game and... It's uh, it's pretty surreal. So for me, and I'll let you guys talk about what this experience is like for you, maybe more so Joe uh, than James. But for me, as as a 
longtime Cincinnati Bengals fan and observer, winning the first was surreal. It was crazy. It was like, oh man, this is a massive relief. There's no longer this specter of years past hanging over us. And, and, you know, even when Jim, Jim Oswarski, who used to cover the Bengals now, now covering uh, Milwaukee sports was like, oh, you guys get any PTSD when you watch all those fumbles. I was like, the pass can't hurt me anymore. The Bengals are in the AFC championship game. And then I think about the Bengals are in the AFC championship game. And, and like, that's at the same time, less surreal than getting the first one and more surreal because they're a game away. They're, they're a game away from competing for their their first Super Bowl trophy, their first Lombardi. And that gets me a little bit every time I think about it. Joe, have you had a similar experience? Yeah, a lot like that, actually. Um, and, like, I have the emotion from the first one. I got teary-eyed. I, did, I, I don't think I cried. My wife said I got teary-eyed when, you know, we, gave, we hugged in the stadium after they beat the Raiders. And it was just – it was that. It was the emotional lift, the weight, the lift of – yeah, this is what we thought they could do with Burrow when they drafted. It's the vision, it's, and it's coming. And then the vision really gets solidified after this game, right, of the Titans. And kind of reflective at the same time because you see the Titans struggling with a very good roster but an average quarterback. And it's like, yeah, we've been there, guys. I kind of felt bad. You know, you're going to only go so far with it because, you know, you're going on the AFC Championship game. But that was the other part. It was like, whoo, what a game, what a performance. Wow, they stepped up in clutch moments again. Different guys this time. What a game. Oh my God. The butterflies turned into like a heavy weight in my stomach of wow. And like my first memory of football when I as a kid, I had this tin of all the Super Bowl, their replica Super Bowl tickets. And they had uh, outside of the tin, it was an NFL films tin with all the videos of, of Super Bowls also, but it, um, it had all the, the helmets of all the teams of every Super Bowl. And I remember seeing the Bengals helmet going, oh, my God, it's so awesome. This is the first cool helmet in 1981 out of all of them. Eagles did make one before that, but I thought the Bengals were the like, look at this. This is different. Um, and that's history. Even though you lose it, you're still cemented in history if you win this next game. And the fact that they're doing it now in year two of this team makes it even like, oh, my, if they win this. We just watched and how people are talking about Allen and Mahomes, this, this competition, this rivalry that's going to really control the AFC for how many more years? Ten years, maybe. And then you look and like, yeah, Herbert, Burrow, maybe even Lamar Jackson right behind them is the next best guys. Burrow can make that claim that he's not with Herbert and Jackson. He's with Allen and Mahomes right now. And the team can do it right now. And it, it freaks me out a little bit, man. Yeah, it's uh... – no, I totally agree. And, and it, look, it is surreal. I mean, it, no matter how you cut it, I mean, this team for my life had won zero playoff games until the Raiders game, of course. And uh, you, you've seen all those ups and downs and Palmer was the savior and that was supposed to happen. But you have multiple generations of fans now. Like we have listeners that don't don't remember the Chad days. They remember the AJ, the young AJ and Andy days mm. and all of those disappointments. And now you have a chance to to make this stamp and start this decade the right way. And uh, the, the thing is, is, is as you were describing that, Joe, it's like you you got to get it done now. Like go, go get it done because people forget uh, teams that have gone to the championship game, you know, conference championship games, right? Case Keenum got to a conference championship game and then he got his head kicked in. You know what people don't forget? The Philly special. Right. And I know it's because they won, but even if they had lost, people would remember that because they got to the Super Bowl and 
I think the Bengals have a shot. Like I really do. And it, it comes back to the quarterback. You feel like you have a quarterback that can go uh, uppercut for uppercut haymaker for haymaker with Patrick Mahomes. And he has the weapons to do so. No, he doesn't have the offensive line to do so. The Bengals defense might be a little better. So you, you feel like you have a shot. And that part is really damn exciting. And for the first time, all playoffs, a little bit of history is on the Bengals side because they are 2-0 in AFC championship games in team history. They're not looking for their first AFC championship win. Yeah, first AFC championship win on the road, but they've played in two, they've won two, and they went on to play who? The San Francisco 49ers who are also playing to get into the Super Bowl. So for the first time in a little bit at least, the, a little history uh, on the Bengals side when it comes to the postseason. You know, it's kind of uh, weird, though, right? Like, how many demons have they slayed this year? How many ghosts have they exercised from their past? And then if the 49ers did make it to that, and you, the Bengals would be favored, I think, even though they lost midway through the year or towards the end there. But Do you think so? I do. I do think. Because that means Burrow just beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. And I think at that point, people would be like, who? because it's not that crazy if the Niners beat the, the Rams, right? They've done yeah, it. They've and done it twice. Exactly. So they're not a different team all of a sudden. The Bengals are ascending, and people would believe it at that point. You know, I was talking to uh, Alex, not Alex, Bo Brack for Locked On NFL yesterday for, for the Bengals going to the conference championship, and he had just finished talking to Brian, who hosts Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock, and was joking with Brian, like, hey, you know, if the Bengals go, the 49ers have to go. The Bengals are only allowed to face. I mean, you look at history, the only team the Bengals have faced in the Super Bowl is 49ers. So it's mm-hmm. got to be the, the 49ers. That's, that's the rules. So the Bengals play first, and they'll determine whether, you know, whether the 49ers definitely win or have to fight to win. But, uh, you know, James, you're right. It's the quarterback. That's what it comes down to, right? And you, you listen to national media and and I did, Joe, I know you said you did on, on Monday. And it's, man, Joe Burrow took nine sacks and won. He took nine sacks. He threw for, you know, still, what, nine and a half yards per attempt or eight and a half yards per attempt or something and 350 yards almost. And that's what he's taking nine sacks. He stood in there after taking nine sacks and hit Jamar Chase to set up a game-winning field goal. The, the, the comparisons to Tom Brady, to Joe Montana that we've started to hear in, in increasing frequency that, you know, we've talked about the Brady thing and been like, ah, oh, maybe, maybe if things go right, he's, he's Brady. And it's still really early in his career. And we're, ma- we're still saying things have to go right. But this is the conversation right now with Joe Burrow. And, and it's just the it factor. It's special. And he's got it. Well, and the thing is, real quick, to me, Brady, and I'm the biggest Brady fan. I have a, a damn Brady over what my right shoulder here. You could see it. It's a Brady autograph picture. Brady would have gotten rattled. When Brady gets hit, he 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 gets a little rattled. Every quarterback, it seems like, gets rattled and sees ghosts. And I get it. Burrow was having trouble with his eyes. But I don't think he was rattled. I think he knew that the way the game was going, he didn't want to make that awful mistake and all of the disguises and things that they were doing and coverages they were rolling out. He's like, all right, this is much like the Denver game uh, where I just I got to take care of the ball. And if it wasn't for Samaj P. Ryan, he would have taken care of the ball the whole time and then bounced back and like Brady was composed enough to, to keep it going. And it's not like he was slamming tablets or anything like that. He 
He would throw the ball to the official, and I'm sure he was really frustrated. But that calmness, that that goes to everyone on the team, especially a young team. And uh, I, I think that that's really, really unique because I, I know I would be freaking out. Like, hey, can we figure this out? And uh, he was probably bothered, like I said, but he he did not. It didn't look it. You know, to your point, Brady was pressured more than he has been all year against the Rams, and it showed. And I think he completed 30% of his passes, if I remember correctly, while pressured. I mean, that's unheard of for Bengals watching Burrow this year. Now he's got old bones. Maybe those hits hurt a little bit more than Burrow, who was, to his credit, popping right up, man. There's a few of them where I'm like, ooh, he's getting tangled up. And he's popping up, and he's going to the side. And even after the game, I see blood on his jersey. And I'm like, you know, he just – he's got to put on the brave face and that's part of what he does and how he gets through it and gets everyone to stay with it. And then, as you mentioned, Jake, that throw at the end where you get one play, they need one more chunk play to actually win this thing in regulation. And they double Jamar chase. They're like, okay, two man trail. You got a safety directly over top. Jack rabbit Jenkins is going to try and press and then run behind them to really give you a tight window. If you're going to force it to him. And Jamar chase undresses him at the line. Doesn't get a hand on him. Gets stacks him, gets on top of him, gets like he's full speed at uh, Kevin Bayard at safety, who's an all pro safety, right? Really good player. Hits the inside jab step. They both just slump inside and, and just leave him. And Burrow, calm and cool, puts a dart and they hit it. And I'm just like, we have seen this so many times this year. These guys are money. And then for obviously McPherson to go out there, these guys don't even know they're in these big moments. It's just flatline the entire time. That's the same big three guys that we talked about, James, when we talked about how they're just under pressure, they, they got the clutch gene. And you know, what's, what's great about that play, Brad Callahan said in his press conference that he could have thrown, Joe Burrow could have thrown it to T Higgins on the outbreaker on the other side, or he could have thrown it to Tyler Boyd on the dig in the slot. The throw's already out. So Jay, Jay Morrison, I think, put a screenshot up of, of the ball already out of Joe Burrow's hand. And Jamar Chase is all like, he's, he's open faster yeah, he could have thrown it to those other guys. But when you look at the picture, the ball's already out of Joe Burrow's hand. Like, he has to hold it a, a, a tick longer for those other two guys. And, and that's what stood out to me. Like, yeah, he probably had the time. He, he had a good pocket. He could have thrown it to either of those guys. But, uh, yeah, re really special moment, special play there for, for everybody involved. And they blocked it up, which is also, you know, credit the offensive line there where it's due. Jamar, uh, Jamar's different. It's, you know, T's great. And I'm not, you know, it's no knock. Tyler Boyd's great. You know, I've known Tyler since he got drafted and, um, you know, have a good relationship, best relationship of the three is, is with Tyler, but Jamar's different. And we're seeing it the way he runs, the way he's able to, to, to get open the way he, his competitiveness, it's just, He's just different, and and sometimes you you can leave it at that. You don't have to describe it anyway. I don't know, Joe, if you have a description, but that's what like freakazoid, right? That that's what it looks like at twenty one. And well, uh, when he when he walked to the yeah. side and said, "Feed me," and I'm like, "Oh, please start feeding," because he was feeling it. You could see the way he was moving, the way he, like he was fighting with Jack Rabbit Jenkins on a few plays, and you're like, he wants the ball, he wants to assert his dominance on that team, and I just wanted them to get one more possession and get a chance, you know, to do it, and. Man, bang, Eli Apple, ball in the air. Logan Wilson, who had a fantastic game, I thought. Um, just, wow, just a collection of guys just being dudes. Can beat you in so many ways, Jamar Chase. And and that's why, you know, you talk about them putting a cap around Stephon Diggs and teams putting a cap around Jamar Chase. It doesn't 
it doesn't stop him anymore. Like I, I think there, there's this midseason slump where teams started to play him differently. And, and Joe, we were talking about this, mm-hmm. and and you know you were talking about it with uh, the Swa- Swami. Is that yeah, yeah. The, the, Andre Weingarten? Yeah, the uh, Madden guy. He's a rookie figuring it out, figuring out how to be a number one. And you can't you can't arm tackle him anymore. <laughs> he just he he has these little subtle shifts that are going to make you miss in the open field. You can't if if you don't get him square. You're not bringing you got a slide down. tackle, I guess. Yeah, you gotta you gotta go feet first. Red card in <laughs> soccer allowed in football, apparently. Uh, really fun to have these guys, and they're young, and and that's what's so fun about it. Yeah, maybe they don't run it back. Maybe you know this is a year they have to take advantage of. They still can, but they're also young, and the future is also bright. We're going to take a, a deeper look into this matchup with the Kansas City Chiefs with Mike at Bengals underscore Sands coming up on tomorrow's show. We're crossing over with Locked On Chiefs a little bit later this week. And then, of course, we've got a game preview to do to wrap things up this week. Until next time, Bengals fans, day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.